Hello and welcome to episode 6 of Down to Earth Convos Down Under. In this episode, Ali and I talk about the social dilemma, social media's positive and negative effects, and the importance of setting boundaries with kids and teenagers. Hey there, Brad. How are you over there in Perth, Western Australia? Doing fantastic. Thanks, Ali. How are things over on the Sunshine Coast? I really miss those thunderstorms and the tropical climate. Oh, well, you are missing out on a lot right now because I have beautiful rain outside my window and it's been raining for the last two days. And I guess that's why everything's so lush and green over here on the Sunshine Coast, Queensland. I absolutely love it. Heaven on earth. So today I wanted to talk about social media. I watched The Social Dilemma on your recommendation last night. And I really wanted to talk about, you know, a balanced perspective, the positive, the negative. Um, you know, there's, there's lots of good things to say about social media. You can find long lost family members. You can connect with employers. Um, you can sell and buy things. You can communicate with friends and family. There's lots of information, be it misinformation or accurate. Um, you can even say that the ads are a positive because they're so relevant and they're so targeted and they're so specific that chances are you probably want a lot of the stuff that you're seeing anyway. Uh, at the same time, there is a lot of negatives around the fact that it creates, you know, disconnection between real people in the real world, between families. Um, it contributes, I think, a lot to, to poor social skills to people believing in wacky, weird crap, um, a lack of focus, a polarization in beliefs, lack of presence when people are, you know, interacting with each other. Uh, it, it saps people's energy. Like you just kind of get drained scrolling, doom scrolling, they call it, because it's, it's doom. It's just, it's not good for you. Um, you know, it's depression and anxiety. What do you think, Ali? Oh, well, you covered a lot there. You've touched on many things. I would say it actually uh, eats your time as well. I think mm. that one was left off the list. Mm. And also, oh, one of the benefits to balance up straight on that one would be it also is helpful for creating new businesses. I mean, the, the uh, millionaires are becoming multi-millionaires and the multi-millionaires are becoming billionaires and in this incredible world that we're living in today. So social media has enormous yeah, I don't think that the billionaires would be where they are today if it wasn't for our internet and our social media. Yes, and that's not coincidental that all those ads that you're seeing on your social media pages, they're not coincidental at all, are they? They're highly, the, the logarith algorithms or what have you, they know exactly what we want, what we do, our age, our gender, our location, whether we're married or not, what have you. So that is why I think that the Social Dilemma documentary that is featured on Netflix currently, I like to recommend that. And it was recommended to me by my 23-year-old son, which I thought was pretty cool because he said, oh, mum, you've got to watch it. And uh, because we basically are the product, product, aren't we? We're little products out there that they're selling to. So I guess the uh, negative side, if I'm being a little bit nasty in my comments it would be like yeah it's sort of like they just want our money do they really care about us oh, I'm not so sure I think that it's uh, important that parents I recommend it to parents my my clients just you know jump on watch the documentary and that's what we're going to discuss a little bit today what do you what are some of your thoughts on the documentary 
Yeah, I've got a lot of thoughts on the documentary. I think one is that I'm just a little bit too old to have been completely grabbed by social media. Uh, I spend, you know, there's been different periods of my life where I've been, you know, more, um, more heavily used it, more addicted possibly. But now I spend maybe five to 10 minutes on the Facebook news feed a day just because it's so, so crap that there's probably only a, a small handful of things and anything that I'm really going to want to see is going to show up in those first 10 things. So I don't get stuck in that doom scroll, thankfully. Um, probably spend five minutes a day on Instagram stories. Um, I don't understand how people can, can get uh, sucked into the time sink of Instagram, but uh, it's, you know, different mentality, different uh, way of using the platform, I guess. I do spend probably 30 minutes a day on Twitter, but I think those ideas, it's all just positive reinforcement in what I'm following and um, driving points home that are important to me and help me in business and in productivity. So I think that contributes quite positively and uh, I can justify that. Maybe I'm addicted. Uh, and I spend a lot of time exchanging messages, but that doesn't expose me to to any ads or any nonsense, really. That's just communication, pure communication with friends. So I think that's a little bit different. But on the on the documentary, yeah, I think it makes a lot of good points on what people may not realize, especially if you've not run Facebook ads before. If you've been into the back end, then you see all of the targeting data and options so there's lots of value in that um and again compared to what the chinese uh social media platforms and channels offer we don't have much data to work with at all but if you take it just in the context of you know in the western world in what the apps collect yeah it is a lot of data it is a lot of information about you and it is a lot about um things that maybe you don't want big tech to to know about you so i think it does a good job at exposing a lot of those i also think it does a bad job on a few things and i can get into that more later but especially around the topic of how it handled fake news how it called for regulations rather than people learning to discipline themselves and be custodians better custodians of their time and their energy rather than calling for government to come in and interfere and create more laws and regulations. It's just people abdicating responsibility for their life. And I think that's very uh, sad and um, not the right way to approach it at all. Yeah, well, that's uh, yeah, some really good stuff in there, Brad. When you're talking about how difficult it is to have the self-discipline at say, I'm an adult, imagine how difficult it is for kids once an addiction kicks in and the addiction that uh, Simon Sinek talks about, which I highly recommend people look up some of his work on social media and its effects on youth. So they say, like Simon talks about how a parent wouldn't give their teenager or under, <laughs> under 18 in Australia, that is anyway, the key to the liquor cabinet, the alcohol cabinet, but yet they do not have any barriers or boundaries. Oh, I don't want to generalize. Some parents aren't aware of the dangers of addiction through social media because it releases dopamine, which is one of the chemicals that that is the addictive, that's what's addictive because they used to want to see the likes. So the girls would spend hours, no disrespect to the girls because I'm one of them, 
But what um, my biggest concern is our youth and how it is affecting our youth, but oh, girls and guys, you know, both genders. And because I, I feel that, um, you know, it's putting up one side of your life a mm. lot of the time. Where, like, where's the bad hair day? I want to see the bad hair days. But um, I observe the youth on a daily basis and I absolutely love, I love them just, you know, with all my heart. And what concerns me is when they, you know, they dress up and they look absolutely stunning. And I just don't want them to feel that sense of approval is important because I think that's actually damaging our self-esteem, that, um, you know, worrying about what other people think. And before, I mean, I know that uh, the change in regulation was, for Instagram, for example, that some people, some of our listeners may not realise that um, they were very prone to, like they put up a photo, if they didn't get so many likes in a certain amount of time, they would take down that photo instantly. And that's why they took away the likes so that they could not, um, be, so that their friends couldn't find out how many likes they had or not. They can see it themselves, but the world doesn't see it. So I think that was a good move because, uh, yeah, I'm not sure whether we're going to be touching on it today, but, yeah, there, um, the increasing rates of anxiety, depression and suicide amongst our youth is very concerning to me, and, and particularly with what the world is going through right now. So, yeah, so <laughs> alarm bells are ringing for me, and I'm grateful that uh, my kids aren't, well, they don't seem to be. Uh, YouTube is a social media, um, for example, and we're very into that. But that is where um, YouTube's full of learning and you can learn from masters and experts that we've done in the past. So there's definitely some um, really good things about social media. You can follow what you're interested in and learn what learn more about that from the experts. So I, that's definitely a positive there. I'd like to put that in there. That is an excellent point. Uh, and I can relate to that on YouTube. I'd gone down a a path of just watching people play games for a long time while I'd sit here and eat dinner. And uh, that wasn't contributing positively to my life. I think there's definitely a place for it now and then. And it was incredibly entertaining, but it wasn't uh, contributing to me as a person. It was um, just entertainment. So I created a new YouTube channel, followed a bunch of documentaries. So I only get that stuff recommended now. And I feel so much better for it. I've watched about four hours of this series going into ancient Egypt it's just so much more meaningful than watching the same people play the same games, make the same jokes. Um, it's uh, it's quite profound, the change that that's had on my overall mood and uh, energy. And I think getting into the what it's doing to the kids, um, yeah, it's one thing to point the finger at big tech. They're definitely doing quite nefarious stuff. But I think there's a bit of a parenting crisis going on where parents really aren't parenting that much at all it's not about being authoritarian and laying down the law but it's about I think giving your kids enough love to for them to not go looking for this validation and uh, approval from randoms online I'm not a parent so fine you can spit in my face but if you raise a kid that ends up doing that that's feeling disconnected unloved by those around them looking for validation online then you've made a lifetime of mistakes that have led up to that moment and owning that fact is an important first step I think to correcting it and correcting it early or preventing it from happening in the first place means that there's a greater chance that the problems kept at bay in adulthood. Yes parenting strategies that's definitely a controversial we could have a whole podcast on that and I'm a parent and I realize that there is no parent guidebook no rule book we pretty much go in doing the best job we can and that's 
our teachers, I believe the most influential people in your life, whether you had your dad in your life or your mum in your life, whether your both parents were there raising you or not, they are the most influential people in your life and, and your grandparents. And it just seems to be this cycle. So what I learned from my parents, I've passed down to my children and you've got two parents and it, and it goes, you know, further back down the family, up the family tree. So I believe that if I'm listening, if any new parents out there that have got young toddlers or even parents that aren't uh, people out there that haven't become a parent yet, those first seven years, the experts say all the evidence is there are the most critical years. They shape the child's self-esteem and that is one of the core. I just believe everything comes down to that. I don't know. I just know that intuitively that self-esteem is you know the self-image that you have for yourself your self-identity is so important so those years are formed in the first seven years so i'd highly recommend our listeners look up dr bruce lipton the epigenetics specialist and he's got some really great um and yeah beautiful youtube clips on it so rather than me regurgitate all his amazing work just look up and get it straight from the expert so it's very important what seeds we plant in a young child's mind because that will carry them forward and that will play out and be their destiny. So for those that have already had those seeds planted and they're well into their, their teen years or beyond, it's uh, it, those limiting beliefs around you know self um, other people's approval, which is one of the big things that are holding us back in in this world, I believe that um, that's the reason why we're not out there doing stuff is because we're just too worried about what people think of us. So I'm guilty of that as well. But I, I must say I spend little time on those platforms like Facebook and Instagram and what have you. But my biggest one would be YouTube, but I use it as a learning tool and, um, and a little bit of entertainment, but I just can't get enough of learning about the world and what's going on and from different perspectives. So, uh, yeah, I would really want parents to be mindful of the time that their children are spending on social media in, in all different platforms. Snapchat, I mean, I know there's hidden platforms as well, so it gets really deep. If you, if you learn that they have secret profiles, I know that TikTok is bad news. I've learned that through a very close friend of mine whose brother has spent 20 years in Hong Kong. And I believe that to be true, that that is a, well, it's all data collection at the end of the day, but uh, TikTok's a no-no for sure. So I just make sure that I, I share that with the youth and the parents that I come into contact with. All you can do is share and, you know, pass on your wisdom. It's up to people whether they'll take that on or not. I very much agree on both TikTok and uh, Snapchat. I think there's no good that can come out of those that you can't get uh, through other avenues uh, without the... Uh... The degenerate garbage that's in there and um, pervasive on those apps. Uh, I do want to make a point what you're saying about parents being highly influential in their child's life. I think that's indisputable, but I also think it's shifting a lot in terms of the peer groups having more and more influence. And I think Brian Kaplan has written a lot about this. Uh, I think he wrote a book that's titled or one of the chapters is something about uh, you don't need to worry too much about messing up your kids because uh, the peer group is going to have a lot of influence over them. And so I think that's not about abdicating your parental responsibility. That's about raising them, as you said, in those first few years to discern and choose good friends, good peer groups that are going to lift them up rather than uh, contribute to stagnation or even worse. Um, so I think that's that's a very important point. And as this social media um, world becomes even more dominant, 
then the peer groups are going to have even more and more influence. And I think that is a recipe for disaster and socially things going downhill. Yeah, there's power in the people, that's for sure. And those that those teenage years, they can they can move mountains if they stick together. You know, uh, yeah, I just know that they've got a lot of strength because they are hugely influential. And when they get on their high horse and have passion or purpose behind them, they can be unstoppable. That's that's where I know that they've got that high spirit. So using it for good rather than than not so good. I don't want them to fall in a heap over, you know, there's, uh, we're just wrapping our kids up in cotton wool these days. You know, you hear a few people talk about it years ago when I was at school, we either came first, second or third. You've heard probably many people talk about this over YouTube. I certainly have. But uh, when my kids went to school, it was like, you know, the Endeavor Award. It was the, you know, the one that tried their hardest, which I, which I'm all for that because, um, you know, I used to just participate in absolutely everything. Jack of all trades, master of none. But uh, it was the participation and the and just contributing and that that sort of thing. You don't always have to win, but I don't think it's right. A parents, <laughs> I'm probably guilty of it myself. They could come last. It's like you're the winner to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I don't know what that's creating in this world because we we just need them to know that there's a winner and there's a loser, mm. and it's not about the winning. And you just you know you try your hardest, try your best, and and uh, learn from it and all that sort of thing yeah i think enjoy the process first and foremost try for the win but at the end of the day um there are winners and losers like you said there is the first place and the last place it doesn't mean the last person who gets last place has no value as a human being it means that they were out competed on this one thing on this one day and uh, i think yeah. there's a balanced perspective that maybe people don't uh really have and appreciate but yeah, just thinking about uh, the social dilemma and, you know, what they advocated for. What I don't want to see is more laws and regulations and nonsense imposed because at the end of the day, social media can be used for good productively for business related purposes that ultimately can help kids and adults to succeed. What I want is for parents to parent the damn kids and to share with them the issues and not enable them by giving them access before ideally mid teens, at least I don't want to give an age because, you know, different kids at different levels of maturity and different levels of um, uh, able to self-regulate, but really it's establishing guidelines with them to help them find a balance. I think in there, they mentioned, um, you know, ask your kid what a reasonable amount of time, what time they'd like to spend on social media every time, every day or every week chances are they'll give you a fairly reasonable answer. And if you help them to monitor the time that they're using through, I know Apple's got it inbuilt and I'm sure that there's a, a tracker that you can get for Android as well. If you can help them see, well, okay, you've sunk three and a half hours in today. Is that a good use of your time? Uh, I think I might be wrong. I might be ignorant. But I think in the majority of cases, you'll be able to help kids to see that, okay, I'm sinking a lot of time into this. I'm pacifying myself. I'm passive. It's enjoyable. I'm not bored, but it's not like, you know, really living life. Um, yep. And I think that'll help find a balance. Absolutely, because that's empowering the child. So when you're not telling the child, you know, you're doing this, you're doing... When you're not cracking down on them, I love this uh, 15 second rule. 
So it's like when you want to get a point across to a, a teenager who has a limit you know, with parents, uh, parenting teenagers is, is hugely, is usually challenging. I mean, we absolutely, the parent absolutely loves their children and wants to protect them. But I, I agree that uh, I don't think the parents are tough enough on these teenagers. I mean, I'm, I'm going to share this story that I remember my daughter at this particular time during her teenage years, she was living under a our roof, which is the family home, which means I have some boundaries and boundaries mainly to protect her guidelines. Rules is a little bit heavy, but I basically, I remember chasing her down the street because she was running down the street and I flicked off my thongs, which, you know, us Aussies wear thongs and I ran as fast as I could. I said, young lady, you get back into your bedroom. And while you're under my roof, you, you need to, you need to understand that these are our guidelines but I would I would be tough when I needed to be mm. and years later my daughter's now in her 20s mid-20s now but she thanked me for the boundaries that I set that her her friend's parents didn't and her path and their path is, and then I'm not judge, I don't mean to judge but our kids our teenagers need us to protect them from what's out there and it was just like it's just I had three rules actually I'd love to share it's like I want to know where you are who you're with and how you're getting home. And this is a thing too, like Uber is a thing where I don't feel comfortable putting a young girl into an Uber with someone we really don't know, because I mean, it's just, that wouldn't, I wouldn't, that's for me, it's, it's not, not good. We'll get into another story about conquering fear, but that's, um, yeah, I, I've lived as a teenager and I was a female, so I'll share that, that story at a later date. So I think that your upbringing and the things that happened to you, your parents, your upbringing, your environment, your experiences in life. I can be a tough parent. And that's what my mum was for me at when she had to be. So I would just love to see the parents toughen up and let their, let them know that they have more power. You know, they have more power than they realize because we have like, for example, these teenagers don't have a car. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, how do they get to places? Well, yeah, they've got Uber now, which is making it more affordable, but there's certain things we can do, but getting back to the languaging, it's ask the children, ask the kids, Hey, what do you think's a good time? You know, and what else? What else can you get done? It's the way you speak to the kids. So this um, fifteen-second rule, I know for um, through my experience that the, my boys, less words is better. Uh, us mums, we seem to just like really talk so many words and why and what can happen and go through the consequences. But let's just get to the point, especially with the boys. Fifteen seconds. Open with a positive. Hey, you've tidied up your room. Looks great. Hey, well, well while I'm here, uh, what do you reckon is a good time? Is it, uh, you've been on there a couple of hours now, so it's, do you want to come out and set the table for dinner? Anyway, great job on cleaning up your room. So it's like open with a positive, t tell them what they, you need to tell them and then close with a positive because for a start, when you open with a positive, they're, they're listening, give them the meat. You know, it's like pray sandwich, <laughs> you know. I love that, give them very the strategic. Meat. Yeah, it's 15 seconds. I call it the 15 second rule and it's the pray sandwich, positive, Give them the meat, close with a positive and I see how that works. That's a strategy that I recommend to, for my, my clients that I'm coaching at the moment. Yeah. I think a lot of parents and people in general conflate having boundaries with being tough. And that's just not the case. You have boundaries for those that you love, whether that's uh, your partner in a relationship, your kids, whatever it is. Um, you, you got to have clear boundaries that can't be crossed. And if they are crossed, then there are repercussions for that. 
And that's not being yes. tough at all. That's just being a parent and doing doing parenting. It's it's not about being authoritarian, laying down the law and telling them this is the way it is. Like you said, you can have a discussion with them. If your child is reasonable, then they're probably going to um, prefer to make it a discussion and to uh, to engage. It's just one of the basic things that I learned in teaching teaching uh, did a teaching degree and taught for a few years. And one of the things that they um, stressed as important is at the start of the year, when you're setting the rules, it's not, you know, a top down approach because the kids don't really respect that. It's, it's a collaboration. It's like, if you, um, if you make it a process of coming up with the rules or whatever you call them rules kind of puts people off the, the guidelines, the guidelines, boundaries if you do that as a process with the kids then there's a lot more respect for them and there's a lot more adherence to them than if you try and impose uh your own stuff because it it, there's a desire to undermine authority right especially in teenagers but yes absolutely self (laughs) self self-determined then you can bet that there'll be a lot more uh they'll stick to it better yeah, and a little bit more respect. It's that mm. mutual respect. Mm. We need to respect them. And uh, they're adolescents and they're very challenging years. They're very powerful. They're very strong-minded. And uh, putting it back into their court and empowering them to find new ideas. So one of my clients, who's a, a father, actually, he, he called on me needing help with his young 14-year-old son who was spending enormous hours on on the games, uh, the battle one. What's it called? Royal uh, Royal. Do you know the game? I'm not sure. But it was uh, Battle Royale is the genre. Battle Royale. Battle Royale. It wouldn't be the game, but it's those type of games like Fortnite. Those types of games. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he had a 14, 15-year-old son and uh, coming up very like highly academic. And the parent, he had aspirations for his young child. He was academic. um, His dad's academic, a professional. And I was just reminding him, it's like, well, you know, what does your son want? Hmm. And what are his aspirations? Because... Often parents want to live their dreams through their children and fulfill the, the dreams that they didn't fulfill themselves. This is, you know, a little bit, I'm not saying he's narcissistic parenting, but that's what happens in parenting. We want them to, to outlive our dreams that we didn't have, but they've got their own dreams. Exactly. Now, the thing is, like, we do need to discipline them because we need, it's about balance and they need some fresh water and fresh air and exercise and nutritious food and friendships and connection and all these things to make them whole and healthy. So I'm all for that. But what happened was they brainstormed. We, I, I suggested um, with this particular family of having a talking stick. So it's like where everyone in the family got together and they had a chance to share and speak without interruption. So they hold like they go out in the garden, get a stick, the talking stick. And while that person, while that member of the family has is holding the stick, they get uninterrupted time. They get to share. And then if you had a question to ask your particular family member, you'd write it down. You would not interrupt them in any way. And this gives our introverts a chance to share as well in a family unit. And what they came up with, so after my session finished, we reconnected the next time and they decided that they would have an earth hour and they would turn off all technology. It gives me goosebumps right now. They turned off all their technology and had an earth hour. So they related it and connected to their, their values of looking after the planet and saving the polar bears, you know, all this sort of stuff. So it's quite amazing what a child will come up with if they're given the opportunity. 
to share and empower them to find out, let you bring forward the solution. I'm your mum. I'm not happy with the hours you're sitting down, you know, not breathing fresh air. You're not eating. So you have those guidelines. If your rule, if the house, the rule or the guideline is that we have a family meal together, we have a family meal together. I'm letting you know dinners are going to be at seven. Come out 15 minutes early, you can set the table for us. Get the kids involved. But that's another podcast for another day because I love talking about participation and contribution because that empowers that sense of belonging and that's what it's about. So I would like to share too also that it's important that our kids get a grasp on this technology because whether it's Snapchat or Instagram or Instagram stories, whatever these guys are on, because in my own workplace, Brad, it has, it has been such a challenge for us because we all have mobile phones because we're our, our business is over 30 acres. It expands over 30 acres over three different properties. So we need technology to communicate and we have um, group chats. And what was happening, there was um, inappropriate things being said, you know, bagging someone on the, on the WhatsApp. So we had to address that. And then we just didn't know whether some of our, not just young ones, because this addiction is with older ones as well. We didn't know whether they're on social media or not. So we introduced this new rule where we handed the phones in and they weren't allowed to have their phones. We just communicated before they'd go to work. We communicated morning tea, after morning tea, whatever it is. And that actually disturbed the apple cart. We had a resignation over that. We didn't know whether they're on Snapchat or what. And I can, I can just see that this is a real issue and it needs to be addressed. And that's simple as that, because when they go to work, I'll tell you what, the, the average employer won't put up with this business, this nonsense. They need to discipline themselves and put those cameras and Snapchat away. away. You can see my age group coming through here, but I just wanted to say it. For sure. I think that there's a lot of sense in that perspective. There's also a lot of sense in if they had their phones with them, they could take photos and you could use that on the uh, business social media. So there's a positive that's being uh, lost there, but that's fine. Like you, you weigh it up. And if that's the... If that's the cost benefit, then you've got to go with that. Well, we actually do that. We have an Instagram page, for example, but we delegate one person to be in charge of that because you want that, you it's know, uh, that consistency. Yep. Yeah, and it's purposeful and it's deliberate and all that sort of thing. So, and plus we give and take a little bit, but when, uh, even before social media came about, texting was a problem because when someone is at, at work and then they receive a personal text that um, disturbs them for the day, it just totally takes them off their game. And we've had uh, people listening to podcasts and audiobooks while working. So we've had to step in and just say, that's like you just... <laughs> And I know a friend, a, a, a lovely friend of mine in Melbourne has a building company and the secretary used to listen to audiobooks. I said, you're kidding me. It's just like, you're not paying them to read. I wish I could get paid to read. It's called a profession. You can choose that as a profession. But so I, I just want to share this what's with the world. Opposition? It's like, really? Sorry, it's I have crazy. to ask, what's your opposition to them listening to podcasts as long as they're getting the work done? Because um, Well, in my... Well, in my particular environment anyway, for example, because for this one particular person was a supervisor. So basically they're a leader. In Within that business, they're a leader. So then what does that do? That creates the others listening to audiobooks or podcasts or YouTube or their own genre of music, which they would have on loudspeaker when they're walking past my office. It was oh, a, a complete distraction. That's not cool. This but... is bringing out the other side of me. It was like, oh my goodness. And they, it's it, it for a start, it's a breach of occupational health and safety in my environment because we have machines and cars and trucks and things. 
So it, it's just honestly, their mind needs to be on the job. It's competitive out there. There's not many people looking for a job right now due to different, <laughs> that's another podcast, but you know what I mean? I just think that you need to be on and just dedicate, become an asset within that, with that business. So just put your social media aside for the moment or use it for, to, of value to that business that you're at. And it's a temporary thing, you know, like it's, yeah, just do the best you can while you're with that, with that, with that job or your own business. For sure. So my key takeaways for this one would be parent your kids, do it lovingly. It doesn't need to be, you know, authoritarian, heavy handed, tough. It just needs to be, uh, you establish the boundaries and you hold them. And you know, if you consider that tough, then sure. But really it's just about, uh, doing the right thing as a parent and, um, holding firm to, to the information that you've collected and taken on and the way that you want your kids to be, um, because, you know, kids follow their parents' model. And so if you model living life in a healthy, uh, balanced way, then chances are the kids will follow that. And for me, you mentioned games. Uh, my late teens, early 20s, I played a lot of games and I straightened myself out in the end. Uh, it doesn't need to come from the parent. But think about if my parents had been tougher on me, then I would have got myself together a lot sooner. There's opportunity costs involved in that. There's... Um, there's the compounding effects. So, you know, got to think about uh, the future you want for your kids and uh, how you want them to get there. What about you, Ali? That's right. Well, just touching on that gaming, I know that there's some awesome skills that come out of those game, those gamers or whatever, whatever you guys were back in the day, the teenage years, because I have seen my IT guy, the fastest typer ever. And I said, wow, like I was just, I had to comment on how full on he was. He goes, yeah, I just think um, that's more my gaming days. He's just incredible. So I know that there's always benefits. So that's a great point there. Yeah, leading by example is just number one. I would really encourage parents to remember that leading by example, it, it's, it's always something that we have to be conscious of. It's not always easy to do, be the best person you can be all day long. It's just a, a balance of yeah, doing the best you can. And I want to make parents aware that uh, to look up those, the ramifications of not setting boundaries and guidelines or getting your kids to help those set those boundaries and guidelines and monitoring their time on social media and being aware of dopamine and the addiction side of it. So please jump online parents and uh, listen to Simon Sinek. He's, um, he's, he's got some, he's very engaging. He's a great speaker. Uh, that's uh, one of my takeaways. And also, yeah, just you bringing back and just bringing us back into balance and reminding us that there's uh, huge benefits. So everything's about balance, guidelines, boundaries and doing the best job you can but our, our kids need us more than ever right now in this changing world we, this world is not going to be the same with uh, technologies here it's here to stay it's exponentially growing and oh my goodness so please value yourselves value your data everything that you're sharing and remember that um, I didn't touch on this but my little takeaway for parents would be yeah remind your kids even if it's snapchat everything they put on there leaves a footprint and their social media platform will be their profile, their public resume, if you like. So just be mindful of that and don't be shy to step in and be the parent that you need to be. Thank you, Ali. Well, I hope that's changed some minds and got some people thinking about how they raise their kids and the role social media plays in that. 
All right. Thank you very much. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Bye for now.